Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. Good morning. We are going to have the privilege in a little while of watching some people get baptized, and I am going to have the privilege for the second baptismal service in a row of baptizing one of my children, and so I am excited about that, so don't go anywhere. But before we do that, why don't you go ahead and pull out your bulletins if you're going to follow along um, and take notes. There are also notes on our church app that you can follow along on your phone and actually fill in the blanks right on your phone. Um, You can get the church app by texting Eastern Assembly Space app to 77977. This morning, we are going to talk about hearing and responding to the Holy Spirit. If I were to ask you this morning, does God speak to you? What would you say? I believe there's some of you that would say, well, I don't think I'm spiritual enough to hear from God. Some of you might say, I think I do too many things wrong for God to speak to me. Some of you think I, I would say, I think I talk myself out of it when God talks to me. And some of you might say, well, while I have a Bible, isn't that enough? Well, look at this verse with me. This is Jesus speaking, and he says these words. He says, and I feel like I'm tangled up here. Let me try this one more time. By the way, welcome to those of you who are watching online this morning. God bless you. So nice to have you here. And you can also participate with an amen uh, or whatever you want to put right on there, something nice as we're going along in the message. Here is what Jesus said in John 10, 27. He said this, my sheep, say my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So the question is, who are Jesus' sheep? Well, Jesus' sheep are those who've opened the door of their heart, ask Jesus to come in, and then Father becomes their shepherd. If Father is your shepherd, that makes you his sheep. And according to this verse, sheep listen to what the Father says, what the shepherd says, which means God is talking to them. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that my super spiritual sheep hear my voice. It doesn't say, my sheep who pray six hours a day hear my voice. Not that prayer is bad, but some people think that they never reach the level of what of, of, that they can hear God, and that's not true. It doesn't say, uh, the person who's got a reverend in front of his name is the one who hears my voice. It does say, my... Okay, how many of you in here aren't ashamed to be sheep? Okay, then you qualify to hear and respond to the voice of God. The truth is, if you belong to Jesus, he is speaking to you, and today's message is just to encourage you and maybe give you some tips on how to tune in just a little bit more. How many of you believe listening to God and having a heart to respond can make your Christian life a whole bunch more exciting? How many of you believe there are times that God sets you up, that you find yourself in a circumstance and you're just like, God did this. And you might not even hear or feel, but you just recognize the moment. This this is a God setup, and there's a reason in that. Just a week or so ago, I was at the makeover up at Crossroads Church. Um, There's Dan Kramer helping out as well. And at lunchtime, I sat at a table um, with a woman who happened to be with Dundalk. She was there with uh, her boyfriend who was helping out at the makeover. And it just so happened that she knew Pastor Rice. 
And if you're a newcomer, you don't know who Pastor Rice is. Pastor Rice was the Highland of, he got saved here, then pastored Highland Assembly of God, came back here to help us uh, for a number of years prior to his passing. And she was talking about how much you know, Brother Rice meant to her, that she had accepted the Lord. And I recognized, man, I'm at this table. Here I am, 45 minutes away with a woman from Dobnock. We both know the same person. Okay, this is the divine setup for me to put a tug on her to come back to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Yeah, are you listening this morning? Somebody say amen. Listen, I believe every Christian every morning needs to wake up and just say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I'm open. I'm available. Open and available for what? To hear, to be led, to be used. Come on, somebody. You know what's unique about Christianity? Somebody say what? Christianity is the only religion in the world that believes that through accepting Jesus, you can have a personal relationship with the Father. He's just not the God up there that I'm listening to. He is the God that I am now walking in relationship to, that I can talk to him, and he can talk to or respond to me. Are you listening this morning? Yeah, God help us to see it. John 17, three. Jesus said, now this is eternal life, that they may know you. That they may what? Personal relationship. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Some of you in here today, your world was rocked when you had a personal prayer ministry session with Katie or Kim or my wife Rachel or maybe Rachel Wilson because in that that meeting when you were dealing with some hard issues, The Lord revealed himself to you in some way. He spoke a word. He showed you something. And that revelation of when God made it personal was life-changing. But that's not just for a one-time counseling appointment. Come on, somebody. My sheep hear my voice, and they listen to me. I believe, listen, I believe we need both, both the word and his voice. If I said to you, I want you to have a relationship with somebody, maybe you're single, and I said, uh, here, I want you to have a relationship with somebody, all you need to know about her is in the book. I mean, that might be exciting as you read the book and realize what a wonderful person you're about to meet, but at some point, you're gonna say, can this get a little more personal? Can I be with them? Can I hear their voice? And so through the word of God, we learn things about God we couldn't know otherwise. This is how God has chosen to reveal himself, but yet we can know him through his word, and as his sheep still hear his voice. Come on. If you're still with me this morning, say amen. amen. Notice Joshua, in the book of Joshua, it says this. Then Joshua called the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh and said to them, you have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. Where would you find what Moses commanded them? That was the law. So they kept the law. And you have what? obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. So they were faithful to God to keep his word and to hear his voice. Amen? Listen, I believe this morning, if you are here in this place and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, God is speaking to you. And you know what he's saying? Come to me. I will forgive you of all your sins. Come on, somebody. You can walk with me and I can walk with you and I encourage you. Don't resist the pull of the Holy Spirit. I felt that pull at 18 years of age when I wandered into a service like this and I realized in that service a couple things. I realized I was not right with God. I was tired of the life of sin that I was living. 
And I realized that night that if I would open my heart, Jesus would come in. So I opened my heart, and guess what? He came in, and I became his sheep. Come on, somebody. How many know what he did for you, he'll do for somebody else because he's no respecter of persons? Amen? Romans 8, 14 says this. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Okay, how, how can you be led by God? You have a heart to listen. You have a heart to obey. And that word led is an active word, means that they're regularly being led. It's ongoing. I want to ask you a really important question that to me is one of the keys in this whole process of hearing God and being led of him. And here it is. Do you believe that God really knows what is best for you and is leading you into his plan, which is better than his plan? Better than your plan, excuse me. Or, or another way to see, say it is this. The view that we have on life is very limited. God sees it all from afar. And he guides you into a plan which is bigger than any plan you could see in and of yourself. And in obeying God, you are becoming part of a master plan that only God could think of and include you in. That was good this side. I didn't hear anything over here. Come on. You have to understand this. I mean, what's the other choice? If God isn't leading me, then I'm leading me. Or to put it another way, someone other than God is leading me. That's a little scary. Because there's plenty of forces out there who would want to lead you. Amen? Matter of fact, Proverbs 16.25 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man. You know what way that is? That's your way. But in the end... It leads to death. Proverbs also says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life. Say life. Life to those who find them and health to a man's body. Above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. You know, I would say the primary means that God speaks to you when it comes to personal is he, put, he puts thoughts into your mind. Thoughts come. Now, now, here's the problem we face. Thoughts just don't come from God into your mind. Thoughts also come from yourself. Thoughts also come from hell. That's called temptation. And then some thoughts come from God. So you're, you have these thoughts that are coming through your mind. And if, if it's awfully easy just to say, well, that's just me. That's just my thought. You know, does, does, God, does God really deal that way, all right? Yeah, absolutely he does, and he speaks to you. Um, think about what happened in the story of, of um, the prodigal son. Here he is, and he, is, he, he takes all his inheritance, he runs away from home, he ends up spending all his inheritance. He ends up on a, on, a, on a hog farm. And while there, the thought comes to him. Why don't you return home? Where do you think that thought came from? Not a hard question. Yeah, God. God was, God was pulling on him. Why don't you go home? And I'm sure there was a battle. Well, if I go home, my father's not going to receive me, or, or this could happen. But finally, that thought won the day. And he headed for home and was reunited with his father. Come on, somebody. Amen. You know, you know what I believe God is saying to somebody who's watching online today? Can I just be honest? 
it's time to come back to church. Listen, listen, there's always risk with anything you do. And and I'm not trying to urge somebody who's exceedingly at risk to do what you not feel comfortable doing. But at some point, faith has to overcome fear. Come on, somebody. There's there's always going to be risk out there. At some point, what is God saying to you? Listen, I believe that there are thoughts that you are having that are from God. You stop at the stop sign or you stop at the red light. And there's somebody with a sign, hungry, need food. And the thought comes, why, why don't you give him a dollar? Oh, is that me? Is that God? Who is that? All right, can I help somebody this morning? Say, go ahead, Pastor. Okay, listen. You never do wrong when you do good. Okay, in other words, let me just change the story. Let's say you're, you just packed yourself a nice lunch and you're uh, down on Dundalk Avenue and you, you hit the, a light there and the, somebody's standing there and the thought comes, why don't you give them your lunch? Is that me? Is that God? I'm hungry. What should I do? And so finally, you're like, oh, I'm just going to give them my lunch. So give them your lunch. Okay, now, what if that wasn't God? You think God sits up in heaven and is like, oh, man, you really blew it. You gave them your lunch. <laughs> or do you think God says, wow, they gave up their lunch and I didn't even ask him to? Look, I'm, I'm trying to help you this morning, all right? Don't make this harder than it is. If it's good, why don't you just do it? Because there's a good chance it might be God. Really, it's not that hard if you start thinking about it. Pastor, I got this thought that I'm supposed to run into, the, run into that wall as fast as I can. And, and is that God? No, that's not God. It's really not that hard. All right? Sometimes, sometimes it's just as simple as saying, I wouldn't have come up with that thought on my own. It's not bad. It's not me. Only one other choice, friend. You understand? Yeah, one guy's like, uh, man, I had this thought that I, I ought to invite my neighbor to church, and I knew that was God because I'd never think of that in and of myself. Are you listening? So God, God speaks sometimes through thoughts. Sometimes we do, we do hear things. But listen, the Bible says when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Listen, I, I don't care how long you've been a Christian. You're still learning this. I've never met anybody that says, well, I never get it wrong. I hear perfectly. I always do it right. I don't care how long you've been saved. Yeah, there are some people who are further along than others in this. But at some point, listen, at some point you have to. Thank you, Scott. This side, at some point you have to. Yeah, you have to, you have to quit talking yourself out of it. Okay, it's not the devil. It's not bad. I'm still fighting a little bit, whether it's me or whether it's God, but I know it's good, so I'm going to. Step out and see what happens. Now, a a couple important notes here, all right? First of all, God does not speak in King James. You're not gonna hear, you know, thou should go us to the 7-Eleveneth, and there you'll find someone who you should invite to churcheth, all right? Um, Just so you know, all right, God does not have an accent. Hey, y'all, oh, God, I didn't know you were from Tennessee. I have relatives down there. Yep. No, come on, somebody. Most times... Listen, it's a thought, an impression, a prompting, a nudge. And you, you, you have to do something with that. Now it's on you. God has, God has nudged. Now the next step is on you. Will you obey? Will you follow the prompt? Will you do what God says? Come on, somebody. Are you listening this morning? So God speaks to us. He speaks through thoughts. 
impressions, prompts, and yes, sometimes it's even clearer than that. There, there are words. There was a story in the Bible of a time when Elijah needed to hear from God. He had run and he was hiding in a cave and finally he comes out of the cave. That's the first step for some Christians. You need to come out of hiding and say, I'm open to what you want to do, Lord. If you remember the story there, Elijah standing there, what was the first thing happened? There was a great earthquake. I mean, the mountain is shaking. And the Bible says God wasn't in the earthquake. Aren't you glad God doesn't just speak through earthquakes all the time? I mean, you know. How did God finally speak to Elijah after the earthquake, after the wind? Still small. He got quiet. And God spoke. And it's still the same today. An important question is, listen, do you take time just to sit and listen before God? Part of your prayer time should just be listen. Okay? Not just, okay, Lord, I poured out my heart. You know everything that's going on. Why don't you give God, maybe God has something he wants to say. You think God's ever up there, hey, 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 don't leave yet. My turn now. I know, I know things happen when you get quiet. You start thinking about everything you're going to do that day. You can get sidetracked, but sometimes you just have to work through that and say, God, speak to me. What do you want to say? In fact, here, here's an interesting thought. Do you think Christians would struggle less with anxiety, depression, confusion, and every other negative emotion if they would just sit in God's presence long enough to get a word from on high that would sustain them during whatever they're going through? Come on, absolutely he would. Absolutely. Psalm 37, seven says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Help me, church. Shall renew their strength. So here's my admonition to you this morning. It's time to quit talking yourself out of the promptings, the nudges, the thoughts, and take a step and see what God will do. Come on, somebody. You see, some Christians will spend their entire life trying to figure out if it's them or God, and they'll pass up many opportunities to, be, to do good and be used by God. You say, Pastor, have you ever met somebody that was a little fruity when it comes to hearing the voice of God? Yeah. But I've met a lot more people who never even started the adventure than I did who were fruity. You say, well, give me an example of fruity. All right, so you talk to somebody, say, Pastor, I was at the grocery store today and I was looking at them apples and the Lord said the third one on the right and it was the juiciest apple I've ever had. I'm like... I don't know about that. Lord, the, uh, uh, the grass was long, and I was saying, Lord, should I mow her today or mow her tomorrow? Well, why don't you mow it whichever day you have some time to mow it? I mean, come on, somebody. But the fruity doesn't discount the real thing. Are you listening? I I've heard stories of people who were asked to do kind of crazy things, and God was in it. I'll give you an example. Anybody know who this is? Yeah, this is Eastern's good friend, Pastor Lee Urbina, who oversees about 150 churches in the jungles of Honduras. And I know of at least two times that he was way back in the jungle and ran out of gas. And I mean, he was way back. He didn't know what to do. Lord, what do you want me to do? And he felt the impression that he was to fill his gas tank with water. Now, disclaimer, do not try this unless you know absolutely is God telling you because it will cost you a lot of money to repair your engine 
after you try to start it continuously on water and it doesn't work. But in this case, Pastor Lee fills his tank from the creek or wherever with water. Lord, you told me to do this, starts the engine. He said it ran better than when I put premium in there. Come on, how do you explain that? How do you explain that? Come on, would you like to have that testimony? Maybe, come on somebody. But listen, you, you, you can't get to the place where you hear God say, pour water in your tank, and he may never tell you that, but just, just hear what I'm saying. In other words, what we'll call a more an advanced instruction if you're not willing to take baby step number one. Aren't, aren't you glad God's patient with us? He, just, he starts just, just where you are. I, I've told you before that when I first got saved, I, I, would, I would ask God, I'd say, God, uh, I'm going to the, to the mall. Could I have a, a parking spot up close? And inevitably, there'd be a parking spot. And, and it was so simple, kind of dumb. Now I park in, I don't even ask that. I just park in the back and walk. I need exercise. You know what I'm saying? But, but at that point, you start right where you are. Okay, Lord, I'm gonna start listening. He'll take you right where you are, baby steps, and watch what God does. Amen. One of the ways you stay on track is just by staying in community. If you're around other Christians and you're talking about things, they can help you. You know, that's a little weird or that's really cool or keep listening, you understand? We need each other so that we stay on track, stay focused, and hear clearly. Can you say amen? In 1996, I was pastoring a church in Grand Ledge, Michigan. And I had, I had come to the conclusion from in prayer time that the next step I would take was to pastor an inner city church. At one point, I thought I was gonna be a missionary overseas, and, and we'll tell the whole story, but that became obvious that wasn't gonna happen, mainly because of my deceased wife's health at the time. And so we just, okay, Lord, we're willing to go to the inner city. We had looked at a church in Hackensack, New Jersey. We had explored some opportunities in, in, um, in other opportunities in an inner city situation in New Jersey and just didn't feel right, so we were just waiting. We were home for Christmas in 1996. I preached New Year's Eve at Highland Assembly of God, Pastor Rice, and after that service, Pastor Rice said, you know, Westside Assembly in the, in the city is gonna open up. The pastor's stepping down. Would you consider? But listen, listen to me. When it, when it comes to decisions that affect, you gotta hear from God. When it comes to who you're gonna marry, you know, you're gonna move your family from here to there. There are major decisions that there's not always a verse in the Bible to say, do I take the blue house or the yellow house? Proverbs 6, 7, live only in a yellow. It's not there. Now, I believe the Bible will give us a lot of directions and in a lot of things, you don't even need to pray. The direction is here in some cases. Should I, should I date this person who isn't saved? You'll find direction and answers to that right here. But in other times... I can't find a verse, thou shalt pastor West Side Assembly of God, or thou shalt him, right? So you pray. You, 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 you get, get a sense of God's peace. And we felt that peace. And I told Brother Rice, we'll come. But then I said to the Lord, Lord, in order for us to come, we, 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 we've got to have some cash because the salary that they're going to be giving me isn't going to sustain my family, much less pay for health insurance, which we needed. And I said, God, if, if you could... If you could if I could have $10,000 in a couple of weeks, I would know for certain that you're in this. Now, I know we shouldn't always test God, but I just, I just felt like that in my heart. Within three weeks, guess what? I just shared with a couple people that we had said yes to this venture, and that quick. Come on, somebody. It gets exciting when you start saying yes to God. 
Because when you are obedient to step out, God is obedient to do his part. Come on, somebody. I believe when you listen to God, God will do some amazing things. I do. I love the story of when Paul was in Athens. And here's what happens. Paul had gone to uh, Philippi to, to preach, and people responded, but Paul got thrown in prison. Remember the story? At midnight, they, they, they cried out to God, right? They're worshiping. So from Philippi, he goes to um, Thessalonica. There they rioted, threw him out of town. Then they went to Berea, and they received him well, but the people from Thessalonica eventually came, and they threw him out of there. I mean, you know, three towns in a, in a row he's thrown out of. So he goes to Athens to wait for his friends to join him. Now, if I was Paul, and I'm in Athens, and I just got thrown out of three towns, you know what I'd say? Vacation time, man. Time to catch my breath, all right? But here's what the Bible said happened while Paul was in Athens. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed. Now, that's the NIV. Um, King James says he was stirred in his spirit. Okay, okay, where does, the, where does God live? So, so if you're being stirred in your innermost man, who's, who's stirring that? Say God. Yeah, he was, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols, stirred in his spirit. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. He, he took that stirring. And he says, Lord, you know, you know, I'm just gonna share Jesus with the people here. And here's what happened. It says, a few men became followers of Paul and believed. Among them were Dionysus, a member of the Areopagus, also a woman named Demarius, and a number of others. Listen, a fledgling church was birthed in Athens because one man was stirred in his spirit and he obeyed. What, what do you think would happen if every believer who's in this house today would be more open to the promptings, leadings, and guidance of the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you what would happen. Without a doubt in mind, it would result in more people being saved. And I don't say that because every opportunity that you obey God necessarily means someone's gonna come to Christ, but ultimately he's gonna be leading you and guiding you so that he can reveal himself to other people through your obedience. Come on, if you're still with me, just raise your right hand and wave it. We're we're, we're starting to wind things down here, but just stick with me. I really believe that. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, to obey is better than sacrifice. Sometimes we can justify ourselves. Well, I come to church every Sunday. I put money in the offering. I'm a good Christian. But God wants, not not that any of those things are wrong. They're all good. But a step beyond that is that we are open and say, God, I'm not just yours when I'm in church on Sunday mornings. I'm not just yours when I'm reading my Bible. I'm yours at work. I'm yours at home. I'm available. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Use me this morning for your glory. Begin to lead me and guide me. Come on, somebody. Amen? Hearing the voice of God is a lot like learning an instrument. Okay, now, uh, my daughter, Alyssa, where are you, Alyssa? Raise your hand over there, all right? Now, she may deny this, but I'm her father, and I know the truth, all right? She played violin for a short time when she was a very little child. And I must tell you, I think you're probably about five. Does that sound about right when you started? Five or six, maybe, okay. And uh, we bought a little violin. We gave it to her, and she took it out, and she started with the bow, and... We need a lesson. We need a lesson quick, right? And, and uh, so she did. She took Suzuki violin lessons at Michigan State University. It wasn't long 
and I can still remember. How many know there's some things you can just never get out of your mind? Not that they're bad. Still remember, listen. How many violin players in the house are going to remember that? All right, that was way back when. All right. Um, but, and, and then, if you really get good, I don't know the name of this gal, but I Googled uh, a violin extraordinaire, and this 11 year old girl showed up. I mean, she could, she could play the house down. All right. And so it is as we learn to obey God. It's kind of a little rough when you first start. Is that you, God? Isn't that you? I don't know what to do. All right, I'm going to take a little step. But as you, as you listen and obey, it starts becoming a beautiful song and a testimony of what God is doing through your life. The bottom line is God wants to speak to you. He wants to direct you. He doesn't want to harm you, but he wants you to be part of this much bigger plan than you could ever see in and of yourselves. There's no way you could know when you're walking into Wise Grocery Store that there's somebody in that store who's thinking about taking their life and an encounter with you could change that, except God directs you and leads you and you be open to that. Let me close with a final story. Thank you, Wayne's already here. Amen. Listen, this, is, this was the first picture that I have on my phone of Rachel and I together. That's the first one of both of us together. Um, that would have been about 11 years ago or so. So Rachel and I met when she came to Eastern on, on a Bible school trip with some students here, and she led that group, and uh, uh, my heart fluttered a little, and that was the first time my heart fluttered since uh, my deceased wife had passed away, and I was like, what is going on? So we began to communicate a little bit. She made it known that she would uh, like, to come, like to go for the summer and work in a larger church. She was raised in a very small church and just learn a little bit more about how a larger church functions. And I said, I think I can help you. So I called my friend, Pastor George Radwano up at Trinity and said, uh, um, you need any interns for the summer? We'd be interested. So she ended up coming to Baltimore for the summer to intern at Trinity. That really wasn't what was on my mind. My mind was, if she's here in Baltimore, I can get to know her a little bit more, all right? So things went pretty well, and uh, um, for a couple of weeks, we were getting to know each other, all was well. And then I had a mission trip to Honduras planned, and as I was at the airport, she called, and she was having, uh, I, think the, I, I think the bottom line was, I was maybe, maybe a little bit more of the advancer than she was ready for at the moment, and she called and said, I think we need to take a little break and just really pray and just, I just need to take a step back here and find out, okay? Unbeknownst to her, I was all in at this point. All right, and so, uh, so I'm gonna get ready to walk on this plane and fly to Honduras, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, she just broke up with me and this could be the end, and oh no, what do I do now? So who, who's here that was on that trip to Honduras? There were some, who, who's here? Somebody's here, okay, Andy was with me, all right, um, the guys who've gone with me have done a nice job covering for me over all the years, um, but it wasn't good. I, I was pitiful, all right? I was, uh, I, I was thinking about life back here in Baltimore. And finally, towards the end of that trip, I'm like, God, I just gotta hear from you. This is ridiculous. I, 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 I'm, I'm a pitiful mess, and, and help me, God. So early one morning, I got up and walked about a quarter mile from the cabins where we were staying to Pastor Elise Church, and I was sad the door to the church was locked. I, my intent was to go in there and spend some time in prayer. And about an eight-year-old boy saw me and said, I can get you in there. I don't know what he did, if he crawled through a window or what he did, but next thing the door opens and I'm in. I'm like, this is great. And I began to walk circles around that church. No one was around. It was early, maybe 6, 6 a.m. in the morning or so. It was early. Lord, I, I just need a word from you. God, Rachel's not mine. She's yours. 
but I'd be happy if she was mine, but what do you have to say about it, all right? And I could almost take you to the ceramic tile in that sanctuary where God spoke to me. And this is what God said. He said, love never fails. Now, notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, Rachel will be your wife. Didn't say that. But I knew at that moment what my job was. My job was to love her until she could look me in the face and say, you're not the one for me. She ended up looking me in the face at one point and saying, you are the one for me. Thank God. Come on, somebody. Hey, man. But listen, there are so many situations in your life when you need a word from God. There are so many times in our daily life if we were just to be open to God directing us, we'd be amazed at the setup that God has brought us into for his glory. Come on, anybody in the house want to be part of that? Come on, I want you to do something with me. I want you to, I want you to stand this morning. I want you to stand. I know we have baptism in a few minutes, but we're just going to take a couple minutes to, re, to respond to this message, and then we're going to move into our time of baptism. And I want to ask someone here today, listen, this, this is important someone that might be in service today, or you might be listening online, and I want to ask you a question. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not are you good. Do you know that you know that at some point in your life, you have bowed your knee, and you have opened the door of your heart, and you have asked Jesus to come in? Can I remind you today that he loved you enough to die for you? He rose again so that he could break the hold that sin has over you. And you could experience brand new life and be raised to life. I'm looking for someone here today that says, Pastor, you're talking to me. I feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. I feel like right now my heart is in my throat. What is happening? What is happening is the Spirit of God is reeling you in and your part is to respond and to say, I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm going to say, yes, Lord. And I'm going to look around. If I'm talking to you this morning and today is going to be the day when you're going to open the door of your heart and receive Jesus, I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand. Ever heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not asking this to embarrass you, but it's very important. It's your way of saying, I'm going to say yes to the tug of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do it right now. Thank you for that hand. Someone else this morning. Come on. Come on. The Spirit of God. God brought you here. Thank you up in the balcony. God brought you here today so that you could hear this word and respond. Thank you, ma'am. In the back, others here today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You know why today? Because none of us are promised tomorrow. Today is the day. I saw three or four hands. I might have missed some. I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to ask you to do something, everybody in this house, for those who raise their hands. I'm going to ask everyone to pray along with me right now. Just a simple prayer that I'm going to lead you in. And it's not so much the words of the prayer as it is what's happening in your heart right now. The surrender that's happening in your heart as you pray. Come on, pray along. Those who raised their hand, everybody else. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned. And I need a Savior. I know that I can't save myself. So I look to you, Jesus. 
I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. And right now, I ask you to come in to wash away my, my sin and to breathe your new life into me. I receive it in Jesus' name. Now, just let me pray. You don't have to say a word. Lord, I pray for those who raise their hand. Right now, Lord, would you do that miracle in their heart that you did in my heart some 40 years ago, Lord, when I surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let them know right now, Father, you're doing it, God. Their sins are being forgiven. Their name's being written in the Lamb's book of life. They are now yours, Lord. You're their shepherd, and they are your sheep, God. Make it real to them, Lord, as only you can do. In the name of Jesus. Now I want to pray for you. No matter where you're at in this journey of, of hearing and obeying the voice of God, if your desire is to be led by him, to be used of him, to respond to the prompts, I, I just want you to raise a hand, and I want to pray for you this morning. And by raising your hand, you're just saying, Holy Spirit, I'm open. I'm one of your sheep, God, and I, I want to be more sensitive to your voice, Lord. I want to progress in my journey, God, of hearing and obeying the voice of God. Lord, Lord, I, I imagine what would happen as I look across and see hands raised. What would happen, Lord, if, if all of us this week would just, would just have a leaning to obey and hear? God, see those upraised hands. Some of them, this isn't new, God. They, they know, but you're reminding them today. Others, God, they're, 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 just gonna, they're just at the place where they're willing to take their baby step, and you're going to help them, Lord. Because you are faithful, God. And because your promise is that your sheep listen to your voice, and they follow. We're your sheep, Lord. Do it for your glory. Use us, God. Let us be part of that much bigger plan that we can never see in and of ourselves except we surrender to the leading, guiding, promptings, and voice of your precious Holy Spirit. Do it, Lord, for your glory. Somebody say amen. I'm going to ask that you be seated. And I'm going to ask that those who are getting baptized would follow me. And uh, if you just give us two minutes, we're gonna meet you, we're gonna be up here and we're gonna begin our baptismal service. So if you're getting baptized, come on, just follow me right out the door and we'll be with you in just a moment.